Welcome to Level 7, Episode 105, Ant-Man. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Welcome, agents. Welcome to your opening weekend of Ant-Man. But more importantly, after 105 episodes, I, Agent Daniel, am not alone because I'm here with my friend who's always been here. Ben. You. Ben yeah. Avery. It's ben. me. 105 episodes. Our wives thought it would never last. I think our wives hoped it would never last. <laughs> poor, poor wives. Oh, they're fine. They are. Mine's at a country concert right this evening, Ben. And mine uh, is watching Netflix this evening, Daniel. Mine mine has no idea who she's really seeing, hearing. She attempted to listen to some music beforehand and found uh, the music a little uninspiring. <laughs> and I told my wife, hey, do you think it'd be okay if I recorded tonight? And she said, oh, hey, yeah, that's great. I was just planning on just sitting here and watching some Netflix and going to bed. Well, there you go. I mean, she's a she's not a night owl. I'm in the night owl. Does this mean that when we're done, you're going to watch some episodes of Man Thing? No, no. I'm probably going to watch uh, an episode of BoJack Horseman while I run the audio. And, well, there you go. Yeah. At least you've got a plan. I do. I do have a plan. I don't know if I'll do the plan. But and by the way, it's not Man Thing. Swamp Thing, the TV series. Yeah. Who? Swamp Thing, Man Thing. They're hey, muck monsters. They're hey, the same. Don't knock it, Daniel. As soon as they cancel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's what this podcast is becoming. It's becoming Who's the... Who's joining you? You. Who's you. joining you? You. You're going to be the one that I that I, uh, that I, I convert over <laughs> to loving this half-hour swamp monster cable TV show. <laughs> All right, let's go forward, sir. I think we need to maybe talk about something a little with a little more quality. I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that the movie we're talking about today is better than not only Swamp Thing, the TV series, but Swamp Thing and Return of Swamp Thing, the movies. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty high praise. But does it beat <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I want to talk to my friend. By the way, I need to give a shout out for some uh, podcast swag that I received. Um, I, our, our friend, Agent Evan, who sent in all those uh, riveting cliffhanger feedback about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last season. He gave me an Iron Man mouse that uh, lights up. The eyes light up and <clears throat> it's wireless and I'm using it right now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I need to give wow. him a shout out. But uh, he... <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't He's not making my, friends on Facebook right now because he I, placed I, I Amazing Spider-Man Two mouse. pretty high up. Where's my that. half of the mouse? Eh, I'm I'm calling it podcast swag, but really it's Ben. It's mine. okay. You you should have probably have started with the friendship swag because as you know, I demand equal swaggage. Yeah, you didn't ask for half of the Howard the Duck novel that I received in the mail. <sighs> You're a little inconsistent here, my friend. Uh, well, I'm I'm smart. Well, that too, but inconsistent and smart. 
Yeah. Anyway. It's selfish, narcissistic, you may say. But anyway. We need to move on. We need to talk about Ant-Man. And ben, I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to be here with you, Ben. I'm glad to be here with you because I'm not at some big country western concert with a lot of people who and I, don't want to talk about Ant-Man. And I'm glad to be here with you because I want to talk about Ant-Man. And we don't have a lot of news. We don't have a lot of uh, listener feedback. Uh, but we do have a post-credit discussion that we need to have. That it's going to be vicious. It's going to be about some of the trailers that came out at San Diego Comic-Con. And... and our like or dislike for one in particular and astute listeners will know exactly what trailer we will be talking about after Clark Gregg says it's a magical place. Absolutely. So anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's talk, talk about, about that newest Nicholas Sparks movie. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about news real quick. It's, it's not your kind of news, Daniel, but we're going to talk about it anyway. You ready? Let's do it. Shield intelligence report. So they're predicting the box office for Ant-Man. And the prediction is $58 million for the weekend American domestic gross, which I guess American and domestic gross are the same. So that's redundant. But Well, the number's gone up since I uh, saw one come up with Yahoo. We, ga- we gained a million. Oh, okay. All right. They were earlier today reporting 56.4 million. Now, they were predicting earlier this week uh, 65 around in there. Um, and it's still not a bad weekend. It's not a bad opener for a movie. It's just low for a Marvel movie. But I saw an article you know, that was kind of tracking how the other first movies in the various character series for the MCU stack up against Ant-Man and Ant-Man's really not tracking too poorly. It's, it's ahead of Hulk. Uh, it's behind Thor and it's behind Captain America, but you know, it's, it's not tracking too poorly. It's not doing Avengers numbers. Well, you know, but it's, it's not an Avengers film. It's a smaller film. And this is I not unexpected. You know, this is not a half a billion dollar film that they made here let's be blunt part of that box office just starts with the fact that the marvel tags in the front yeah yeah that's part of it uh i I literally and we'll talk about this later i literally went with people who went because of the marvel but not because they cared about ant-man yep yeah and if it had been anything else if it had been snail man nope it wouldn't have gone but if it would have been marvel's snail man they would have gone off of course I'm with you there and I understand that. And I'm just saying, you know, it's not doing that bad. You know, Marvel is a Pixar now, you know, where any movie they put out pretty much people are going to trust. And, and civil war is the next one, right? It's going to be big. That's going to be big. And that's in the Avengers spot, the beginning of summer. And it's an Avengers movie. If you looked at the cast, right. And they'll let us know it's an Avengers movie. Dr. Strange which is coming not even at the end of summer. It's, it's a beginning of winter movie, right? It's November. Is that it's a yours? November movie, yeah. yeah. So Doctor Strange is going to do closer to this kind of, of a box office. and Yeah, but it's got Cumberbatch. So. Well, I don't know if that's enough to like take it to the half a billion mark in November. You know but what this is, though, Ben? Let's what? be positive. I am being positive. I don't think this is a bad thing at all. Well, let's point this out. This is 12. 12. 
yes. 12th in a row, number one box office. And I think you're going to see some strength. I think you're going to see some, um, I think there's going to be some good word of mouth, maybe. And, you know, I think this is going to do well in Redbox and on DVD. Question is, you know, how many people are going to buy the Phase 2 box set? Not that me. That was just announced. Uh, now that Ant-Man has been in theaters, they can uh, put on Amazon the uh, Phase 2 box set that will be all of the Phase 2 movies for 200 and some bucks. Ben, I got bills. Yeah, and I already have all those other movies. It's not for me. It's not for you. It's for me and you if we were, like, rich and had no families. I'm not rich, and I like having a family. Maybe if we were rich and had families. Maybe it's just for me and you if we were rich and had families. Or if we were moderately successful financially and had no family. Maybe? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Or but if I we got had a family patience. and I love it. Maybe if we had patience and just didn't buy the movies as they no came patience. out. No patience. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's not for us. That's, all, that's what I'm us. saying. It's not for me. Not for you. Um, there's There might be some people in our audience who are listening who this is the first you've heard of it. And it looks pretty sweet. It looks pretty sweet. And so there are some of you listening right now who are thinking, that's probably for me. And if you do get it, please send us some pictures because it looks really awesome. It looks so cool. I want to see it, but I just can't purchase it. So that's our uh, that's our intelligence report, I think. I think we need to move on to our mission report and start talking about this actual movie. What do you think? And let the controversy begin. I'm hoping there's some controversy. I'm hoping you and I think differently about this movie. Instead of having both the exact same experience and the exact same feelings. Mission report. So, Daniel, Spoilers. tell me. Yeah, that's right. We are spoiling everything. Everything gets spoiled from this point on. We are talking about the movie beginning to end, including the two after the credits scenes. So, like, if you didn't turn off the recording right now and you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we just told you about that time where Captain America showed up. Just saying. Boom. No, we didn't. I did. Mm. Okay, you did. So, Daniel, tell me about the theater you went and saw this in. No, you go first. Okay. It was Thursday night. I went to the uh, midnight showing that they did at 7 o'clock in the evening. (laughs) And went to the 2D showing. And it was a fairly full theater. Not completely packed. I didn't have anyone sitting next to me, which was nice. But, uh... There weren't too many seats that were available. Maybe a, a few along the edges and then a couple rows in the front. But it wasn't a packed house. It wasn't a really excited house. Uh, it wasn't like when I went and saw Avengers and I sat next to people who were just couldn't wait for the movie to start. Uh, but it was it was a good group of people to watch a movie with. They laughed when it was time to laugh they were quiet when it was time to be quiet and nobody screamed any swear words at the screen so that was my movie going experience here in south bend indiana thursday night at seven o'clock there was also another showing at seven o'clock that was a 3d showing and they had a 10 o'clock showing that was a 3d showing as well but i didn't go to those so i don't know how the 3d was so tell me about your experience daniel I went to my theater for a midnight showing at 8 p.m. Okay. Um, Now, in my theater, you pre-select your seat. I love that. I had never seen that before until I went and saw Jurassic World at a different theater in in Michigan. Oh, have I not told you about my theater? 
Yeah, you have told me all that, but I didn't know about the pre-selection of seats. Oh, yeah. You have to pre-select your seats. That's so cool. So I had ordered a group of four, actually five, because one didn't show up. He still owes me $11. (laughs) He didn't offer to give it. We spent the whole weekend together and he never offered it to me. Oh, that's not cool. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll listen to the show. And if he does, that's cool. Because I'd like him to. But... I digress. Yeah, you do pretty heavily. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty excited if he's listening to the show. Hey, how's it going? But uh, anyway, anyway, the theater. Yeah. So um, we were audience members three, four, five and six. And we were there approximately 10 minutes before the movie started. Ouch. And maybe half the theater filled up before movie started. Maybe a little bit more than that. So it was not the Avengers crowd. It wasn't the Captain America crowd. It wasn't Iron Man 3 crowd. It was me saying, oh, this is worrisome. Now, (laughs) another thing that made me worried is I actually bought my tickets about four days before. Mm -hmm. And I could not do that with Thor. Three days before I was in trouble. There were no seats. With Thor? Dark World? Yeah. um, With me, again, when I bought my tickets for this... I get the whole theater map. Uh-huh. So you, you pick your seats and you see what's available. Yeah. Everything was available. But I ordered three days before. Oh. They were also showing like a 7, a 7.30, a 9, a 10. So there was a number of showings going on. So maybe they had just put out too many theaters. That's possible because, like I said, I only had three showings at, at my theater. Now, my brother had a similar experience to you. Where it was like 10 people in the theater at a seven o'clock showing on Thursday. And yeah, he, it was, he went to the same theater for Avengers and it was packed, 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 packed. But this one, it was, it was just not very many people at all. So now, should we also talk about my second viewing? Oh, you went and saw this twice. Nope. No. Mm-mm. Okay, let's talk and about your you, second. Usually, that hasn't the happened. family. If I go by myself, uh-huh. usually the family will come with me later. Oh, okay, and nope, not planning to. Um, that's why I have to buy a DVD so they can watch it. Mm-hmm. Is it because you don't want to take them, or because they're not interested in going? They are not interested in going, and I am not feeling urgency go again okay my son wants to go and he has not gone to the iron man movies that's the only ones he hasn't seen now iron man and guardians of the galaxy well if he hasn't seen the iron man movies how is he going to know about the one existing and acceptable profanity in the mcu uh there are a couple different profanities that did show up in this one well, there's not one that's in any other. Too. About a hat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, the one I was more worried about was the one that starts with the letter P. Oh, it's awkward. Yeah. That's the one that was that showed up in Ant Man that I was really surprised to hear. Shouldn't have been. I mean, and a uh oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, another word that has the same meaning as that word has been used in a different uh, Marvel movie, but that was a different word that 
you didn't necessarily know what it meant. It was got basically uh, Joss Whedon got it through because he has a wide vocabulary. Clearly, I do not have a wide vocabulary because I can't even think of the word that means two words that have the same meaning. What is the what's synonym? That's the one. No, that's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's, that's totally it. not a professional writer right here. Yeah, yeah. Not only am I a professional Actually, writer, I, I was a professional, professional writer. English teacher. So, yeah. I often use the tools of the trade like thesaurus.com in my writing. Anyway, I mean that I was surprised that that word showed up there, but um, my my son is interested. The thing is that makes it more attractive to me to take him is this feels like it belongs in that kind of Captain America circle of movies because of the appearance at the end, and also because of the uh, Avenger who shows up in the middle. No, you can say Falcon. It's okay. We already told him spoilers. No, I was I was just being dramatic. Oh, trying to, you they, know, not you just know, say Falcon, in. but actually use other words. Uh, synonyms. Is that the word yeah. I'm looking for? Flying bird of prey. <laughs> Did you see that Avenger flying bird of prey? He was the bomb. He had guns. Bottom line. I'm not sure how many people are really excited about seeing this movie. I've seen a lot of people on Facebook say, yeah, wait for it on DVD. I've seen, I've seen a lot, a lot of, of other people on I've Facebook. I've seen a lot of people on Facebook excited about it. I've seen a lot of people on Facebook who have been pretty happy about seeing it. They, you know, just this was a fun movie. This is a good movie. I, this is great. So much fun. Those kind of things are showing up on Facebook as well. But yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing. I'm just saying I, by the end of this podcast, may be ostracized by our community. I hope so. I really hope so. You know why? I don't want us just to have a love fest. And I'm, I'm afraid that's where I'm going to head in this direction. Are you serious? What? You love this? Here's what happened, Daniel. I don't know. Are we giving away too much if I say this? But um, there was a couple points where I forgot to take notes because I was just sitting back and just smiling because I was really enjoying myself. I was just having wow. fun. I was taking the ride they were giving me. And yeah, I was just sitting there and, you know, my arms were folded, but folded loosely because it was just more comfortable to sit that way. Not because I was angry at this movie. And I was just kind of smiling and say, oh, that's this is fun. This is fun. This is enjoyable. Better wow. than better than Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2. OK, yeah, that's definitely better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. Everything's better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. I know. The Fantastic tr- Four reboot's going to be better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. The, the tree limb that fell on my van and may have totaled uh, it was better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's true. Now, now, so you're like having a love fest with this thing. Well, I was just afraid we were going to both be on the same side of the fence here. And here's what I find my view of this movie. Brothers is. in arms about this, so to speak. Uh, it was okay. Well, let's talk about some of this stuff then. Let's, you know, we have my quadrants that I use when I engage a movie. I say, okay, I'm going to look at the character. I'm going to look at the theme. I'm going to look at the plot. I'm going to look at the style. And those are the things that I look at. Character being characters, character arcs, how they're portrayed. Theme being what is this movie about. Plot being what happens in the movie. And style being how does all this work together? How does it happen? Uh, How is it put together with just the different... Um, you know, that's that's music, that's editing, that's uh, pacing and all that kind of thing. So 
where would you like to start here? Because I have something to say about each and every one of these areas. So let's start know? with character. Well, let's start with character then. Uh, this might be the weakest part of my Absolutely. analysis of the movie. Um, now, that's not to say I didn't like the characters. I found the characters very, very likable, but there wasn't there wasn't a lot of character development that happened. These were people I wouldn't mind hanging out with and talking to, but they were not people that I saw a lot of growth and change. Would you say that's a fair yeah. analysis, or am I? You say I'm pandering. I, what am I pandering I found, to? I found Scott Lang to be exactly what I found him to be in the comic books, which is somewhat flat. I found Hope Van Dyne to be at times unlikable. I found Hank Pym to be filled with cliches. And my favorite character of all at the end of the movie, and you're going to hate me for this one, is Paxton. Paxton? Yep. Who's Paxton? The fiancé cop. Oh, okay. And the reason is, is I in my mind... As I'm watching this movie, I have this guy named Ben Avery in my head. And so he's saying things like, do they have to fall in love just because they're a man and a woman? Does that have to happen? Uh-huh. Which, of course, we fall into that trap. You know, why can't they just be friends? We fell into it. We totally did. Thank you for ruining that for me. What are you talking about ruining that for you? The fact that, as you've pointed out in the past, not every male lead and female lead need to be romantically involved. Right, like right. they become in this one. You're saying saying that this is a bad thing that that's in your head. Yeah, yeah. It's not I mean, a bad thing. It's a good thing that those that voice is in your just head. Just let me go with the cliche. But here's why I liked Paxton. Again, we could have gone with the total cliche. Yes. Evil stepfather, the guy who's keeping Scott from being with his ex-wife. You know, could have totally done that. Totally ridden that out. Could have. And instead, they make him really likable because he is willing to be sacrificial for his not even his stepdaughter. Not yet. He, not yet. He gets in there for Cassie. He loves Cassie and he's willing to sacrifice himself. So it's really nice in this movie that we have two males that are out there sacrificing themselves for Cassie. And so I did really like the fact that instead of just making Paxton evil. We do see motivation behind some of the things he did. Yeah, he's trying to keep Scott away. He doesn't like Scott because he's worried about Cassie and Maggie. Yeah, he's fighting really hard to track down Scott because he's worried about Cassie and Maggie. Not because he's trying to keep Scott from them. Not because he's trying to steal their gold. Not because of any stupid reason other than the fact that Paxton really does love them. And, and so I like that. Here's what you're talking about, Daniel, actually. Is in Paxton, and I couldn't remember any names here. Like I said, there are times where I just stopped writing things down. But you're in Paxton, you're actually seeing a character arc, some character development. You're seeing him go from, I hate this guy because he is my fiance's ex-husband who was in jail and who's just not doing what he's supposed to do and is a criminal and on the opposite end of the law as, as I am. And he turns into someone who's able to look past that and see the good in in Scott Lang. And that's about the beginning and end of Scott Lang's character development as well. At the beginning, he is a guy who wants to do right by his daughter. 
at the end, he's a guy who wants to do right by his daughter. The only real change that you see happening there is how he starts to accept Paxton into the family. That's it. And that is not a compelling character arc. I was really disappointed, honestly, when I, when I read the, uh, the prequel comics that go to Ant-Man, where it's just this one story and it kind of explained what he did to get in prison in the first place, which if you were wondering, it's exactly, it's basically take the dialogue that they gave when his friend was telling the other friends about what he did and how he did this and this and drove the car into the pool, blah, blah, blah. Take that exact line of dialogue and then just draw pictures of it. And that's what that prequel comic was. And I was disappointed because I thought we were looking at an actual criminal, someone who did criminal deeds for personal gain, going on a character arc to become a, a better person. He, he was a burglar, yes, but he wasn't doing criminal deeds for personal gain. He was doing criminal deeds for altruistic reasons. He was yeah, doing he's it. a whistleblower. He's a whistleblower. He's a Robin Hood. He's a hero already. He's just a hero who breaks the law. And, and in doing that, he is a less compelling character for me because, again, I was expecting that to be his character arc. And that's not what I saw. And it, when I read that comic, I was prepared for that now, that it was not going to be what I expected. So Or wanted or needed. Possibly needed. Possibly. Definitely wanted. I was very disappointed. So anyway. So like me, you're somewhat disappointed with Scott Lang. I'm disappointed in the character arcs for almost every single character. Almost every single character is in the same place at the end of the movie that they were in at the beginning of the movie. No, no, no. Scott's got a job. We don't know what his job is, but he goes to work. Now, when he goes to work, he goes to work with criminals that may or may not be affiliated with the Avengers. Yeah. Again, though, his character is not in any different place other than he's now put on a costume and is a little more legit in what he's doing. That's that's pretty. Is he really legit? A little more legit. I think my my exact words that I just said here. Uh, He is definitely working with these criminals still, but he's also working with the Pims. He's he's working with with Hank Pym. I, I, I'm, you know, Ant-Man is a part of whatever that job is that he's doing. He's not an Avenger yet, though. I was expecting him to, you know, have joined the Avengers by now. But even if he was, that doesn't change the, the character arc thing. Uh, You're just upset because now you know he wasn't standing on Falcon's shoulder. He was not standing on Falcon's shoulder. He was not standing on anyone's shoulder. He was not there at all until it was empty. They oh, left. Falcon. Everyone went home for the weekend except for the cleanup crew. And, oh, we got to leave one guy in charge. And that's the way the comics are always, aren't they? Avengers Mansion. There's always just one person, you know, who's on duty, sitting at the computer, just waiting for something to happen. And, oh, it's usually Beast, probably, you know. <laughs> or Jarvis. Or Jarvis. But, you know, it's one of the heroes. If it's one of the heroes, it's going to be one of the ones who's not, who really doesn't have anything to do. Black Knight. Yeah, exactly. You know, oh, hey, guys, there's someone here. And that's what that's what Falcon was doing. It's like, oh, oh, man. okay. well, there's someone here. I got to take care of this. Yeah. But the. Any character you can point at. Is it Maggie? Is that the name of his wife? Yes. His ex-wife. His ex-wife. She's in pretty much the same place at the beginning as she was at the end, um, except for maybe she's a little more accepting of Scott. 
because he's proven himself. Well, what it is is it's the end of the Santa Claus where she burns the custody papers. <laughs> Almost. Almost. Yeah. Here and, they're just having dinner. So character is the one quadrant that probably uh, I'm not the I, I'm the least excited about that. Now, that said, I still like the characters. I've I've already said I like the energy that they I didn't say this. I already said I like them, but I like the energy they bring to things. I like Scott Lang's lines and line delivery. I like his buddy's lines and line delivery. I like Hank Pym as a, you know, basically an, an older hero who is kind of a mentor now to Scott. Um, now, Hank Pym gets a character arc, and that character arc is, yeah, you know what? My wife died, but it's okay that I can let my daughter do this too. You know, even though she's a girl. Which... And my wife is now forever. Well, no, no, no. He doesn't want to give her the wasp costume because she's a girl. No, no. He wasn't going to let her do things because she was, you know, he was seeing his wife in her. No, no, no. Take away the. It's because he loves her. Yeah. He sees his yeah, wife in her. doesn't want to lose her like he lost his wife. He's, he's, it's because he sees hope in her. No, but here's the problem, no, Daniel. He, 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 Scott straight out says it. The reason I'm here is because you're expendable. He can lose me. He can lose the company and the suit, but he can't lose you. He's not going to put you at risk. That I don't look at my kids and Daniel, say, Daniel. oh, I see my wife in you. No, I look at my no, kids no. and I say, I see them in them. No, no, no. I totally look at my kids and say, oh, I see my wife in you. But here's the thing, Daniel, is if they were going to do this story like or this character arc with Hope, they should have totally made her not be a daughter because I have a problem with this because the whole thing is about two men keeping a woman from doing the superhero stuff. That's what the storyline for hope is. Now it may or may not. It may go more along with me where I'm, I'm seeing a father looking at his daughter and who has lost his wife. So he's lost the single most important woman in his life at that point because his daughter wasn't a woman she was a child and now he doesn't want to allow his daughter to do the same thing put on the costume where that he lost his wife in or maybe along the lines of what you're saying where it's 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 exactly what they said it's exactly what they said on the on the screen i'm expendable you're lovable but hope is literally the only thing he has left okay but daniel you you do admit and he doesn't even have her you do, away. you do admit that there is a problem here, right? That this is With how the they use sexism. Yeah. Yeah. The and inherent, the inherent sexism of the yourself out of how much you like this movie. The inherent sexism of the screenplay that comes to hope. It's a problem. It's not a perfect movie, Daniel. I like the movie, but I don't like this part of it. Where it's like the whole thing is just building up to her finally getting to have a costume. This is a not costume a... that we're not even going to see until Infinity War. Well, we see the costume. We're just not going to see it on. Yeah, we're not going to see her in it. On Evangeline Lilly. Until Infinity War. Until Infinity War. Or Unless she's maybe in, they'll show she up in Civil, in Civil War. War. She's one of the cast of thousands in Civil War. Eh, maybe. Maybe. I don't see any reason why not. I wish. Honestly, I, I don't know if it would have been a better movie or not. 
but I wish we could have seen her in the costume side by side. And can, so, I, can I talk about two other characters before we do the reasoning, the pra- the practical reasoning for needing her in the building while they do the heist? It's logical. It makes sense. It's just I wish I could have se- we could have seen her in the costume doing costume stuff. That would have been a lot of fun. Throw stones at me or throw stones at Daniel. But listeners, throw stones at us. Send us some emails. Tell us how we're wrong. How great Paxton is. <laughs> he is good. He ended up that they did a nice twist with him where you started out not liking him. And at the end, you did. It felt good. Yeah. Anyway, I, two, you're seriously, two that guy was sacrificial. And it's not again. Scott's motivation, you could say, is because they've got this this bond since birth, you know, this blood bond because of the fact that he's a biological father. Paxton hasn't known Cassie since birth. Paxton um, isn't a biological father here, but he definitely steps up. He's a good cop. I mean, he's, he's not just stepping up. Be- There's a lot of cops running around outside. He's running into that into that house yelling Maggie because he is not Maggie Cassie. Yeah, he's a hero, though. I mean, he, he is a hero. Yeah. Scott loves that kid. Paxton loves that kid. And Paxton doesn't have powers. He's running Pax- in without power. And, 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 you know, I often Paxton chose to love that kid. You know what I mean? I do. Paxton is a great role model. It's good. All right. Okay. Two other two characters. characters. That I'm not talking about Thomas, the uh, tank engine, because, you know, he had a pretty big role in this. I want to talk about Anthony. <laughs> Did you have the joke running through your head? No. The theme song for Anthony? No. After he got hit by the bullet? No. Da-dant. Da-dant. Yeah. No, wasn't there. Anyway, I have a problem with Anthony. What's the problem with Anthony? I feel like they wanted me to love him. Yeah, I never did. They wanted you to care. Yeah, because in an essential part, a point in this movie, the ants, they're hard to give emotion to. They're hard to give attachment to. At a certain point, I'm sorry, but the ants are touching the food. The ants are touching (laughs) the food. Daniel, this, this is your problem. I just can't love the ant. This is why you hate Ratatouille. They're, they're a useful tool. (laughs) They're a nice extension. I like the MCUing of how Ant-Man controls them. But in the end, (laughs) when Anthony, when Anthony got shot. You're like, good. He's not going to touch the sugar anymore. I, I was like, whatever. No, and I, then the I agree. Ants touch the food a lot. I had no problem with the ants touching the sugar cubes that were going to go into hot tea or not going to hot tea because <sighs> because they were putting it in there. So Scott's like, ah, uh, no, thanks. He's with you. Scott's with you on that, Daniel. You're not yeah, the only one. You're not the only one. Me and Scott, that's <laughs> one thing we agree on. The ants. Are touching the food. But I agree. There was a problem here. And one was they wanted you to care about Anthony. They gave him a name. The The problem was they portrayed the ants more realistically than what they were calling for with that. And, and by that, I mean, 
if you want us to care about the ants, you need to give them actual personality, but you can't give ants actual personality because that's not realistic. A dog, you believe. A dog has personality and a dog will lick you on the face and a dog will wag its tail when it sees you come home. An ant won't do any of those things. And so they're asking you to react as if you would if Anthony was a flying horse or if Anthony was, you know, his his sidekick dog or whatever. But he wasn't. He wasn't. And, and they were asking that of you. Um, it was supposed to be a, maybe not a high emotion moment, but you were supposed to, you know, not shed a tear, but at least say, ah, and yeah, that. That was it that failed. did not hit well. That did it not failed. hit well. Not a character though. I wouldn't exactly put Anthony in the character. Oh, he was totally a character. Mm, okay. If he was, what are you going to say next? Lassie's not a character. Bambi's not a character. Both Jeez. of those have personalities. Crypto. Like all three of those have personalities, and that's the problem. The ants don't have personalities, so when Anthony dies, I don't care. But that's a problem on one hand because you don't care. But, but they on, want us to care. On the other hand, yeah, that's the problem is they do a good job of portraying them as ants. But if you're going to portray them as ants, you can't ask us to care other yeah, than. And they were. They were begging us to care. Other than Scott had an attachment to him. I mean, that was really the only attachment as a viewer we could have to that is Scott had an attachment. And and Hank, he has no attachment. No, like, no, because like he knows they're ants. <laughs> he, he knows what's up. Ants have a very quick life cycle anyway, don't yeah. they? It's not like you're going to grow old with your dog here. No, no. I mean, ant years are like 300 ant years to a human year. So, All right. So you don't think Anthony's character. You're not going to like my next character then. Good grief. Okay. My next character is S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Okay. All right. I so mean, that we're finding out. There's no reason to just lump them all together. I mean, we can talk about one by one, but sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I mean, we're, we're discovering that shield. What is it? 1990s. It was 1989, 1989. Um, you and me were in high school, buddy. We were uh, being run at that time by Stark and Peggy and this Mitchell Carson dude. Uh huh. Um, they definitely, I was kind of happy to see Peggy back. I was happy to see that Peggy was continuing to be in charge of shield for decades and I love seeing John Slattery back. Yeah, it was uh, it's your Walt Disney version. Of it the is, character. and he's again, he's definitely the more respectable version at this point. You know, he's all business and ethics. Yeah, yeah, no, man, and, and, I like seeing Shield. But the, here's the thing: so we got our Shield arc. We we've got our Shield overlay into this movie. Mm-hmm. Welcome to level seven. Boom. At the end. Mitchell Carson, who I'm assuming is the guy who was with the extras that had 10 rings tattoos that I never actually noticed. Um, he's hi- he's working for Hydra. Yep. So is he working for Ward or are there more heads? Well, or is this earlier on in the. It can't be because the Avengers comp set the Avengers. Yeah, you're right. The Avengers pl- is there, and if you you hear the comment about, oh, they're probably right, dropping right. a city from the sky. Yeah. yeah Which, did you Ultron. notice the derogatory way that that was said? By Hank Pym. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. But but again, showing that even though the Avengers came in in Age of Ultron with the goal of saving everyone in the city, and they did save everybody in the city, they're still being 
labeled as I'm assuming we're seeing going to see in Super Batman versus Superman is being a destructive force by some folks. Hank's smart. You can't tell me that Hank's the only one who feels this way, this negative connotation. But it's possible Hank doesn't know the entire story. It's possible that yeah, no well, one. We know Hank story. doesn't know the entire story. But again, there's other people in this world. If Hank's thinking it, that are also thinking the Avengers aren't great. Civil War. Yeah, they're definitely setting up that that angle of things. But uh, so, but but Hydra. When Mitchell, when Mitchell Carson said, "Yeah, I've been working with these guys named Hydra," I was like, "What? No, no, Which, no, no." By he, the way, in '89, when I saw him there, I was like, "That dude's so Hydra." Yeah, but because when he says, "Okay, go ahead." There's three Shield high officials in this room. We know two of them aren't Hydra. The third one has to be Hydra. I think he. Uh, and I'd have to go back and rewatch now, but I, I think when he was talking about the Hydra people, the implication was they were Hydra and now they're, you know, just kind of, I, I don't think that they are Hydra now. I don't think that was got what a he lot was of saying. money. They got a lot of, a lot of money because they can buy the yellow jacket and they're organized. Why wouldn't they call themselves Hydra? And again, do they have more money, money than Ward? I don't know. I'm assuming. I don't know, but we don't even know what Ward is doing with Hydra either. How many people, how many, uh, how many people from Hydra has Ward been in contact with? We don't know that. How many people from Hydra are still out there? Similar to what we were seeing with shield where shield had a couple different factions and shield was a united front. Hydra is, you know, tentacles all over the place. And so here we are in age of Ultron. The Avengers basically have a big party because they've crushed all Hydra and we've got Ward running around with guys who are Hail Hydra in that. And we got Donovan running around with his guys, whatever they're calling themselves. They can call themselves Hydra. They can't call themselves AIM. But whatever they're calling themselves. Snakes on a train? I don't know. But shouldn't the Avengers be out chasing these guys down? No, because these guys are businessmen. These guys are doing legitimate business deals. Dude, they're buying yellow jackets. They are buying Why? yellow jackets because they haven't gotten into that yet. But the whole assassination Assassinations. thing. The, what's the whole point of assassination? To not they be seen. They already made the comment that Mitchell to Carson not be is seen. in the business of toppling governments. Yeah, but they do it in such a way that they're going to be able to sneak in, take them out, and get out without being seen. This is why Avengers aren't oh, after well, them. Oh, well, it's okay if they can't be seen. It's okay from a storytelling perspective not to have the Avengers chasing them because they don't even know there's these are assassinations. They're able to go in and, and you know pull the brakes out of the car and and do something that I I don't have any. But problem. you're okay with? I don't have any problem with this storytelling device. You don't have any problem with faulty brakes. I'm just saying. That they do not have to be uh, Hydra. And if they are Hydra, these are guys who are just laying low and, and trying to do things on the down low. That's right, folks. And that's, that's why right, you have we S.H.I.E.L.D. We need your feedback confirming that he says he's working with Hydra. And that's why you have S.H.I.E.L.D. That's why you have Secret Warriors is to do things on the down low that the Avengers Man, don't know about and don't need to know about because they're being taken care of. So excited about Secret Warriors. <sighs> Think we'll get Druid. What do you think of Ant-Man's friends? Um, well, you write stories, right? I do. 
is, so is there like a shelf where you just pull those guys down from? No, there's a book. There's a okay. book that you, you just get them out of. And yeah. I mean, they, they These have guys their are moments. Cliches, they're, they're written to model. They are. And they have moments I enjoyed. Like I said, these are characters that I would enjoy spending time with if they were real. Uh, maybe I wouldn't enjoy spending time with these particular guys in the criminal element that they come from. But if they were guys who weren't criminals, but were acting like this and doing the jokes like this and playing video games and all that kind of thing, I'd enjoy spending time with them. I had friends. I, I actually, they remi- they all reminded me of different friends that I've had. But I don't need to see them again. No, and we might not see them again. Nope. Don't feel urgency. Not like Dugan. I need to see Dugan again. Oh, okay. These guys, I'm good. But they're fun. You, you're you. Are you going to admit that this was fun? You don't see, have urgency so to see it again. But fun. Were you hating? Were you it? like ha 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 ha? Or were you just smiling? I was smiling. I was like, ha, hey, I was smiling. I had a good time. This wasn't Iron Man three. Or maybe it was Iron Man three, well, depending on your perspective. I was trying to set my own expectations. And because everybody was saying that it was going to be so good before I went in, I set my expectations that it was going to be a train wreck. Well, let's let's talk about these other other areas here then, okay? Let's talk about um, what do you want to do, theme, plot, or style? Let's do style. That's easy. Okay, go. Because uh, I think I might have more to say about it than you. It's a caper. Yeah. I really liked Ocean's 11. Yeah. Ocean's 12. Eh. But Ocean's 13? Back to form? Not really rememberable for me. Okay. Well, it was back to form. You know, that was him apologizing for Ocean Star. Oh, yeah. They got rid of Julia Roberts. They removed her because it was really stupid when Julia Roberts was playing someone who was pretending to be Julia Roberts. That was terrible. Spoiler. <sighs> that was, that was that like one was of the really worst bad. things I've ever seen. Um, I Okay. So you're, you're just, that's it for you. It was a heist? It was a heist. There was so much more to that. that. <laughs> this was high energy, man. The Avengers are the Avengers was a war movie. Uh huh. This is a heist movie. This is a heist movie, but it's not just a heist movie. This was a heist movie that was borrowing from Quentin Tarantino. This is a heist movie that's borrowing from really from seventies uh, heist movies. Um, All right, uh, you talk. I'll, I'll just eat my red fish. <laughs> Don't eat on the air, Daniel. I have problems. Okay. No, they're the. When he starts telling the stories, uh, again, I can't remember the guy's name. I can't remember anyone's name, though. But as they're telling their story and and he's talking about, yeah, and I saw this and I saw that and I Louise. saw this. What? Louise. Louise. As he's telling his story, uh, the music kicks in. And I'm like, that, that music, that's from Jackie Brown, which is a Quentin Tarantino movie. And the music is not actually from Jackie Brown. It's from a movie called Coffee that starred Pam Greer, but it is a 70s movie and i'm just like and actually i have the soundtrack to both of those those films because it's just a fun bouncy soundtrack and that might be where it really okay the movie starts and it's carter and it's john slattery and i'm okay cool and then they they get that music going where he's like talking about the you know the heist that he wants to do and and then when they actually do the heist and it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous when he's going in and just all the right tools are there until you find out the right tools were there because Hank Pym wanted to see if he could break in. So, you know, he let him break in. 
gave him the tools he needed. He actually got into the that safe. And what's in the safe? The costume. And so then you have the traditional trying out the costume stuff, like your rocketeer, you know, where he's trying out the rocket. Well, this is him trying out the shrinking. And then you get some Honey, I Shrunk the Kids stuff and you get him learning the powers and stuff. And it's fun. It's fun, Daniel. You're not having fun with all this? It's fine. It was fun. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's nothing. I mean, I, I can't convince you that you had fun. It's fine. You can say you had fun, but I can't convince yeah. you that you had fun. It's fun. I could torture you yeah, and make you say fun. the words. But hey, you know what? I wanted those music scenes like over these training sessions. Mm-hmm. Where instead of us like doing a lot of running with the ants, you know, maybe we could run with the ants a little bit less in shorter snippets with high energy music. Maybe they maybe a little less. Maybe we could have just completely ripped off Ocean's Eleven. Except that what happens is every single one of those scenes has a punchline. And it's not a punchline. We're not talking about, I don't know, dumb and dumber here. We're not talking about the Muppet movie here. You know, we're talking about, you know, just quirky characters, quirky characters, just giving their punchlines and stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, it, it, it drew me in, gave me what I wanted. And, and, and I, I went along for the ride. So you want to talk about plot then? Yeah, sure. All right. Let's talk about plot. Um, Hey, you want me to do it? Hank Pym asks Scott Lang to become the Ant-Man, to steal the yellow jacket, Iron Man-like suit that shrinks from somewhat generic MCU villain Darren Cross. Fighty fighty ensues. This definitely follows the, the Iron Man one. It follows the Incredible Hulk. It, I'm trying to think, does this fit with Captain America and Thor as well? Where basically you go up against the exact opposite. You know, it's the same. <laughs> well, the yellow jacket is the evil version of Ant-Man. It is. It's Iron Man versus Iron Monger. It's Hulk versus um, Abomination. Yeah. It's Captain America versus Red Skull. Would you call that the... Yeah, well, version. yes, they are because they've both had the formula. That's true. That's true. Okay, that works. And then it's it's Thor versus giant robot monster. That's kind of Thor versus Loki, but not so much. So Thor doesn't exactly fit in there, but it is close enough, I think. Um, well, it's a formula that works. It is. And you know what Walt Disney always said? You know, corn cells. <laughs> you know what George Lucas always said? It's a cliche for a reason. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. But yeah, it, it's yeah, definitely yeah, this is me paraphrasing a, only. It's a it's a it's a definite form. I don't want to be a hot mess where somebody sends us an email and says I didn't get the quote right. OK, anyway, Daniel, it is a formula. I'll agree to that. Uh, it's just what are you going to do with it? I'm going to post a podcast where I talk about a handful of comics on Comic Book Time Machine. And the whole thing I keep running back to is we know what's going to happen it's just how do they do it? Do they do it in such a way that you enjoy it? And this is where uh, we definitely differ. I'm trying to think if there's anything from the plot that's really out of the ordinary. We have the I mean, the when talk about how they deliver it, I mean, again, the battle with Falcon is, is an yeah, element we've there got the battle of Thomas the Train. Yep, yep. 
And, and that is visually interesting and different, though Mrs. Butcher wants nothing to do with it. That's a style thing, too, where they, they made that choice to do that scene where they're small and all these toys are like life size for them. But then they'll cut back to, you know, the human sized uh, perspective. And it's just these doo doo clunk. And visually, I'll argue it was interesting, regardless of what Mrs. Butcher says. Visually, what is interesting? It was interesting to see. You know, you got this big fighty fighty, and then you look, and it's it's nothing. Uh, now, the end was a little bit different as far as what he had to do to win the battle. He had to sacrifice himself completely to win the battle, and that was a choice on his part. He was doing what he was doing with the intention that he, he would not come back. He well, and, of course, they projected this to us. We've gotten the warning, don't mess with the regulator. We found out what happened to Wasp. So we knew he was going to have to do something with the regulator, and he was going to go into the quantum whatever it zone. Was, it was Chekhov's quantum realm. Yep. Yeah. You, 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 you knew it was going to happen because they told you enough times. Yep. And that gives Hank a little bit of hope because he returned. But at the same time, he did this with the intention that he would not return. He was going to die. He his intention. Well, was, he was going to float forever in a time uh, in a place with no time. I would consider that a variation on I'm sacrificing myself to death. You know what I saw it as a variation of what? Spoilers. Big Hero Six. Mm, maybe, maybe a bit. <laughs> Visually, totally Big Hero Six. No, I don't think so. Oh yeah, no. it was. No, it not. was. It was not. It was completely Big Hero 6. No, this was 2001. Go back and watch again. No, we were going into 2001 territory. No, I'm talking about a classic movie, and you're talking about an old one. I am talking about a visually classic movie. We are moving into the subatomic realm. We were talking about, Daniel, if it was stealing from anything, this was stealing from Micronauts, man. This was Micronauts right here. This was... Well, you and Dr. Allen would know. I would. I would know. I love the Micronauts, and I was very excited to see this. They weren't calling it the Micro Realm or whatever it is. I can't remember what they call it in the Micronauts comics. Microverse? But Microverse, that's what it is. Yeah, I have never even read a Micronauts comic, and I know that. Come on. But anyway, the, uh, it's the Quantum Realm, and it's subatomic. It doesn't. It didn't feel to me like Big Hero 6 at all. I was having flashbacks to the black hole. I was having flashbacks to 2001. I was having flashbacks to, you know, Star Wars hyperspace and that kind of thing. Not, not uh, Big Hero 6 at all. And I love that movie. I love Big Hero 6. But nope. That's not where my mind went. But he was brought back by the voice of his daughter. Which could take us into theme if you want to go into theme now. Do you want to go into theme? Yeah, let's do Shall theme. Shall we go into theme? Let's go into theme. I wrote down that we are basically watching a movie about two dads trying to get their daughters back. Well, maybe the son that one lost. What do you mean? Well, he really doesn't try to get his son back. Whose son? Well, he straight out says it. Um, uh, Cross is the son that he never had. Oh, yeah. He also says, I see myself in you. I, I, that's a good line, actually. It's a great line. What did you see in me? I saw myself. So Why'd you push me away? Because I saw maybe a little too much of myself. I like that. 
that was good stuff right there. That was probably about as deep as we're going to get, though, as far as that goes. Because as much as this is, it's about two dads trying to get their daughters back. And that's good. That's not a bad thing at all, the father-daughter relationship. But it, it doesn't go very deep. I mean, there's some deep stuff with the Hank and Hope situation where they've got some if it was a real world and a realistic movie, they have some pretty serious issues that need to work through. And, you know, done in a realistic movie, this is the beginning of them working through those issues. But that's... Well, and I mean, as a dad, it does somewhat touch me. Well, you good. Know. I'm glad to hear that. And and I did make sure to spend the weekend telling my kids, especially my my daughter, how much I appreciated and was proud and loved her. And I but just it had nothing to do with this movie. I pushed my daughter away and you said, you know what? You will never understand what happened to your mother when she broke into the subatomic level to go into that plane. And um and my daughter's like, what are you talking about? Mom's sitting right over there. But no the and there was one another line that I really liked that was where they said it's not about saving our world. Uh, it's about saving theirs. And and didn't you think that that was good, by the way? Speaking of that, we're not looking at the destruction of the Earth. Is that stake here? That's not well, what's at we're stake. Just lo- what's at other stake? Other than the fact that geopolitics are going to be com- completely destabilized by the Yellow Jacket. Yes, there is that element. But this is not, I'm going to drop a meteor on the world and, and cause uh, an extinction event. And this is not, aliens are invading our world and this is not well and i and yeah i did like the fact that we didn't have to escalate one of the problems that i've had with marvel's ultimate universe and if you is it feels like every time they do something it has to be an escalation of the last thing they did so everything is an extinction event yeah i mean it really comes down to this is about uh as far as the conflict goes there is that element of yeah things are going to be there's going to be problems around the world, but it's not because of yellow jacket. It's not that, Oh, I don't know. Hitler's going to be able to take over the entire world. It's more because of yellow jacket. It's going to be, you know, there's gonna be trouble for shield and the Avengers are going to have to get involved. It's then when, when that element is removed, it becomes Ant-Man versus yellow jacket. And it becomes really, really personal. A very personal. It's a personal Especially, battle. Well, after the buy, especially when the buy goes bust and the data is destroyed, yeah. it is very, very personal. Scott Lang has taken everything away from from Yellow Jacket. Basically, he has removed all of Yellow Jacket's uh, experience, all of his uh, his data, everything that he had that he had worked so hard to get is gone. And not only that, he's in the suit. Hank Pym gave him a suit. Hank Pym didn't give uh, Hank Pym didn't give Yellow Jacket guy what's his name <laughs> Cross Cross he didn't give Cross anything you know which Cross is very resentful of this fact he he really feels like Hank should have given him everything so should have shared with him everything so what's Cross going after Cross is going after the one thing that Scott Lang still has and that's his daughter. And so it's this personal one-on-one battle where the world is not at stake anymore. It's and it's it's refreshing. 
I like the scope the scope of this movie. I like that it's smaller um, in a lot of different ways, you know, literally. But I like that we're watching a story about one guy in a world that we like, and in a world where we'll see a couple familiar faces, in a world where there's some history, but we're not going to see all the history. We're going to see Michael Douglas look young, uh, but we're not going to see a whole lot of him actually doing stuff. And, you know, this is its just a good, solid, fun movie. It's a quality B movie. That, that's where I'm going to hang my hat, right there. And I'm willing to say it's a... Well, hmm. My, my system's completely thrown off by this because I'm going to buy it. You're, you're going to buy it because you are going to buy it. You're a completionist, right? Yeah. The question is, Daniel, I, I, I almost feel like I want to hold you down to a did you like it or not? You know, do the, the thumb up or How thumb down. The, Which is it going to be? Okay, right? Are you ready? I'm, I'm not looking at like my answer. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I liked it. I didn't love it. Yeah, but that's not the question. The question was, did you like it or not? Yeah, I liked it. The answer it. It is fine. yeah. The answer is uh, yes. Uh, I know that we were tweeted after we saw the movie by someone wanting to know, should we see the movie? And I said, well, that, you know, you're talking to the guys that own Captain America. The TV movies, yeah. The TV movies. I mean, it, it's really not a question. I mean, if you haven't seen this yet and you've listened to the whole thing and you've heard me complain about it, go see it. Go see it. It's fun. Any problems I'm having, they're completely counteracted, completely negated by just the enjoyment that I got out of it. This is not going to give the quality, rich depth of theme that I look for in movies, I, I that I want in movies, but it's giving me enough fun that I'm I'm totally fine with that. And after I buy it, I'm going to watch it with the family, and then it'll go right next to Iron Man 3. And go right back into the DVD player. Not in rotation. Yeah. Yeah. Not like Iron Man 2. Complete with Shermaness. With the Shermans. You know what's great about Tomorrowland? Music by the Sherman Brothers. You know what Just also saying. is great about Tomorrowland? <laughs> the mom in Tomorrowland. You know you know what, what mom gets shared by Tomorrowland? Hey, Judy Greer. Yeah. The mom in Ant-Man is the same mom as you find in Tomorrowland, is the same mom as you find in Jurassic World. Well, she gets around. That's she three pretty paid. big movies this year. Well, she gets paid. I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff, just period. Yeah. I mean, she's one of those actors, actresses that you know the face. I mean, 13 going on. She was in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, man. I need to watch that again. She's in a lot of stuff. She's in BoJack Horseman. <laughs> yep. Have you watched that, by the way? No, I have no idea what BoJack Horseman is. All right. I got one more topic for us to talk about. I, we're not covering everything. This is a shorter episode, I guess, than what an Avengers episode might well, be. The, the problem is, is at my theater, they really dissuade me from taking, you know, the notebook in. How do they dissuade you from taking a notebook in? Oh, that's right. I'm a grown man and I went with other men, so I didn't take a notebook. Yeah, that's not your theater. That's you being embarrassed. That's pride. Yeah. 
No, I'm proud to walk into that theater alone, sit by myself, and take notes. I went with some guys who, two out of the three guys that went with me, have never gone with me before. And are mildly aware. One of them doesn't know I podcast. One is like mildly like aware that I podcast on the MCU. And the guy that doesn't know about the podcast, he's like, why are you guys still sitting here? I'm like, because I just I just messaged my buddy Ben and there's stuff coming. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, there's stuff coming. I'm, I can't leave. Uh, there's there's agents that will that will remind me that I left. I can't leave. So I didn't leave. Well, let's let, I'm going to go through some notes real quick here then. Just to see if we we didn't talk about we didn't talk about Baskin Robbins. No. That was some funny stuff. Baskin Robbins always found out, finds out. That was funny. I liked that. Yeah, that was we funny. Didn't, you know, we didn't talk about the fact that Spider-Man was mentioned. Spider-Man was mentioned. Not by name. Not by name. But he was definitely mentioned. We didn't talk about uh, the nastiness of shrinking people. Um, basically, Honey, I Shrink the Kids stuff where they, you know, the, the ray wasn't ready. And it was destroying the things that it was shrinking. Well, that's what's happening here. Only it's used to actually murder someone. Well, it's the new little ear thing. You know, science is a yeah, weapon. It was it was nicely done, though. It's it's not just science as a weapon. It's flawed science. Like, it's not working to do what we actually want it to do, but it certainly works to just turn this guy into a little bunch of pink goo that gets flushed and down the toilet. In, if he turns into a person, you know, stuff. if he just shrinks, how's he going to do, what's he going to do then? Be like, hey, yeah, see? No, I'm he good, knew it bro. wouldn't work. He knew it wouldn't work. This is him using a prototype that they had tested on some lambs and him saying, Ugh. yeah. It's poor lambs. That was mean-spirited. Mean-spirited dude. This is what happens when you test things on things that have faces. People get sad. I felt more sad for the sheep. Than for Anthony? And I did Anthony. Yeah. But then when he finally shrinks the sheep and he's like, click, and binks the little thing and flops the sheep around inside the shrunken glass thing. But uh, we didn't talk about Chekhov's tank. That was what I wrote in my notes, Chekhov's tank. When I first saw the tank on the keychain, I didn't think anything of it. It was on the keychain that uh, really? Scott Lang picked it? up at in the house. Because I didn't realize it was Hank Pym's house yet when he picked that up. But then when Hank Pym puts his keychain with the tank in the trade so he can go through the metal detector, I knew it was a real tank as soon as that happened. And I wrote Chekhov's tank. Because why else would he have a tank on his keychain? Maybe. It's totally out of personality. When it was someone we didn't know whose house it was, it was, I was just thinking, oh, maybe the guy's like, into war games or something like Dude, that. We knew it was his house. Come on, really? I didn't know it was his house. Wow. I didn't know it was his house until you opened the, the safe and realized, oh, there's Ant-Man's costume in there. It must have something to do with Ant-Man. But I didn't know because I wasn't, I didn't know where the movie was taking me at that point. I thought maybe he's going back into prison after that. And then instead he does go back into prison after he returns it. <laughs> and we get the, again, a good line. We get some good lines here. You get the line where he's, you know, I'm not stealing anything. I'm returning something I stole. Oh. And the line delivery. You have to admit the line delivery from these actors works. They have the pacing right. They get the comedy right. It's not 
super, super, super funny, but they do it well. They do okay. it well. Paul Rudd is a professional actor. All right. Yeah. He does some good work. I will now give you a list of movies that he did. No, I'm just kidding. I honestly, I don't know how many movies I've actually seen him in other than maybe Anchorman. Clueless, come on. You've had to have seen Clueless. I've never seen Clueless. Well, I know you've seen his performances on 18 episodes of Friends. No. Well, maybe. I just have no memory of that. I was not a big fan of Friends. I only watched it because my wife liked it. Oh, you're not Agent Anderson, are you? No. Nope. Nope. So. Well, I was there for it. So. Yep. I've got one more thing I'd like for us to touch on. And that is, this is supposed to be the end of phase two. Uh, not Age of Ultron being the end of phase two. This is the end of phase two, Ant-Man is. Phase three begins with Captain America Civil War. Or did it begin with the last post credit? Well, what do you mean? What do you mean with the last post credit? You mean Avengers Age of Ultron post credit? No, the the post credit of this movie. Uh, it didn't begin there. That's a scene. Okay, Captain America: The First Avengers is the beginning of Marvel's The Avengers. I'm arguing that maybe the end of Ant Man is the beginning of Civil War. I'm arguing that maybe the end of Ant Man is the middle of Civil War. I don't know. Well, that's the thing is we don't know. We we don't. But this that this felt would have been like... easier last week. The Accords are the Accords. A reaction to the Avengers dropping cities. This 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 scene, I I it plays like a scene in the middle of a movie. What happened last week? What do you mean? What happened last week? Cap Falcon says this would have been easier last week. Yeah, but this would what what happened last week? Exactly, we're seeing a scene from the middle of a movie. Well, but maybe it was the dropping the city that happened last week. Maybe, but we're seeing a scene from the middle of the movie. Oh, we we get the the middle post credit scene, which I enjoyed. You know, it was nice, it was cute, but you know, she says it's about time, and I'm like, yeah, it is. I've been waiting the whole movie for this. Why didn't you pull this out earlier? Oh, she needs to be present in the building. Okay, sure, whatever. But um, yeah, the, hey, you know that second post credit scene. It's it's more like it's more like the post credit scene for Captain America. Uh, first Avenger, where it's like basically a trailer for Avengers. Isn't that what I just said? Yeah. I said it's akin to that. It's not exactly that. We're seeing a scene from the middle of the movie. I'm just saying Phase 2 comes in like a lamb with Iron Man 3. Leaves with a, smile, a slightly smaller lamb in Ant-Man. I'm going, to argue, I'm going to argue that phases are irrelevant. Duh. The phases mean nothing. That's the note I wrote down as soon as I saw that. And I was like, duh, this it doesn't. This signifies nothing. Ant-Man signifies nothing for the end of phase two. It signifies nothing for the beginning of phase three. If they were going to say exactly right. Thanos has been around for how long? If you're going to say that that Ant-Man was the first movie of phase three, that would make sense to me because, oh, we're introducing a new hero who's going to be showing up in a bigger movie later, who's going to, you know, this feels like, yeah, I could see this being the beginning of something as we get a collection of more heroes outside of our trio from the Avengers. Then you're accurate. 
You are accurate. Age of Ultron should have been the end of phase two, if phases meant anything. They're just a marketing you thing for DVD accurate. sets. Of course I'm accurate. You it's are just, correct. You need I'm to admit this more often. Names. You are right. <laughs> you are you are looking up on thesaurus.com words Your that decision, mean the same. No, as, yeah, I can I actually I'm doing these off my head. Your opinion is affirmative. <sighs> well, Daniel, we have one piece of feedback. Are you ready to, to do that? Ready to dive into that? Let's go. Oh, by the way, and just again, because I want to make sure we answer the question. Yes, Ant-Man is much better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. And yes, Ant-Man is fun. I enjoyed myself. I think you will, too, if you're still here and you haven't seen it yet. If you have seen it, I I really am curious. You know, uh, based on what I'm seeing here, this is kind of what I'm seeing on Facebook. I'm seeing people who are like, really, this is a lot of fun. And I'm seeing people who are just, eh, I'm going to make jokes about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Which you didn't do, Daniel, but I'm, I'm just saying I see that. So, Not a big fan of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, shockingly enough. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, but you're not a big fan of the, the Disney live action stuff. You know, there's some good Disney live action out there. Yeah, there is. I enjoy it. John Carter? Well, I'm talking about like the Disney live action in the 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. like Witch Mountain and... Noah's Ark 2 or whatever that and was And Earth called. Star Voyager, which I wish they'd put out on DVD. I do too, actually, for that one. I love Earth Star Voyager. Okay, it's time for a I had report. it on VC. I had it on a VC, a VHS. I've watched that thing tons of times. That's like four hours with commercials. Yeah, I don't understand why Disney keeps things in the vault the way they do. But. Well, I, they've never even made an attempt. That was, you know, made for Michael Eisner's Sunday nights. But I'd love to see that come back out. And I would love to see us listen to this feedback. You ready? Yeah. I'll Shield field report. Hi, y'all. This is Agent Dare. Just saw Ant-Man and was quite pleased with it. Had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, my report will have a lot of spoilers in it, so listen at your own risk. I enjoyed seeing Haley Atwell first thing in the beginning of the movie and the buildup of the past Marvel Universe and everything that could have gone on, including uh, the current Avengers and references to the Wasp and then Scott Lang and Hope getting together. I was kind of disappointed in Darren Cross as the villain. He was neither menacing nor crazy enough to really make the movie. He was like a very bland Obadiah Stane. I did enjoy the whole dynamic between Hank and Scott Hope. That carried the movie and some of the extra characters. I hope to see them in the next movie. I hope to see a lot of that interpersonal play in Captain America Civil War. I am looking forward to seeing if Janet Van Dyne returns, although the way they're carrying Hope into the Wasp role, I think that will be uh, good for Infinity War. I also wonder the way they went about talking about going to the subatomic level, if they're going to start pushing a Micronauts movie as part of 
Kevin Feige's uh, grander plan for unusual projects. That would be something I'd like to see also. Great work on the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed the movie also. And I think it'll be better on a second and third review uh, as we won't be waiting for all the hidden little gems. Oh, I did stay for the two uh, cutscenes at the end of the movie, but they went by so quick I had a hard time hearing what they said. So I'll be looking forward to hearing those again, too. And hopefully you'll all have a good explanation of them in your next podcast. Take care. Enjoyed it. Keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you for that voicemail, Agent Dare. I appreciate it. I appreciate it even more because you pretty much uh, agree with me. <laughs> so I'm uh, right down to the Micronauts, you know. Uh, although uh, I think it's IDW who's doing a Micronauts move, uh, comic book, right? Is it IDW uh, or I think is it we talked Boom? about that, that they were coming back and it was going to be coming through IDW. Yeah. Um, Micronauts and ROM. Both. I mean, there's been a few. Yeah, few it is resurgence. IDW. I mean, Image has done it. Devil's Do's done it. Well, the Devil's Do did is, it with Image, the Micronauts stuff. Marvel, yeah. yeah, Marvel doesn't own it. Not all of it. They own some characters. They own like Bug. And they own the Microverse, but they don't own the Micronauts characters that were based on mm -hmm. the toys and the original characters. And, 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 a, and a movie's been in development the last few years. It's like uh, for Paramount. Yeah. So anyway, um, you also mentioned Janet Van Dyne and if she would be returning. Uh, and I think she would return if they do an Ant-Man 2. And you'll notice they never, ever show Janet Van Dyne's face. Ever, uh, even in the picture that she was in her, like there's a hat covering her face. It's the picture of Hank and Hope and Janet and Janet's face is, is absurd. So I'm just going to say, just going to say one of the weird things going on right at the moment, not weird, but sometimes uncomfortable things in Marvel comics is Steve Rogers, who's currently old. And not Captain America. And the fact that his girlfriend, Sharon Carter, is about 40 years younger than him. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it is at times a little... Okay. Okay. So, here's my thing. When but it's, Janet it's... comes back from a place that has where time has no meaning, are there, is there going to be a 30-year difference? Maybe, but it's Michael Douglas. It doesn't matter. That's that's what he does. 30-year differences. Right? Yeah, I guess he does in real life. Yeah, yeah. It's totally not out of character for Michael Douglas here. So, yeah, well, we'll see what, what happens on multiple views. Because sometimes I watch things a second time and I'm just like, why did I like that? I don't think that's what's going to be happening here and Daniel, I think if you give yourself a chance, I think you went in with low expectations and and then just said, no, you know what? I even had though I had expectations, even though I had fun, I'm, I wasn't supposed to like it because my expectations are low. And, they weren't and low. I'm Daniel Butcher and I don't they like anything. Grumble, 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 grumble. I don't like fun. Tigger, get out of my yard. You. You're trampling my lettuce. Tigger. I'm I'm Mr. Fun. Okay. I mean, 
who's wearing a Spider-Man t-shirt right now in this party? That's right. I am. Great. That doesn't mean anything. You can. I'm totally fine. Rabbit would totally wear a Spider-Man t-shirt if it was the practical thing to wear. (laughs) I did put it on because I'm really hot because I've been outside all weekend and it's (laughs) breathes really well. Maybe that's why I enjoyed the movie so much. It's really hot and our air conditioner is broken. It's been a really bad week for our family as far as we got broken glasses. We got broken van. We got broken air conditioner. Uh, Maybe I was just so happy to be in air conditioning and watching a movie instead of having a fan blowing in my face so I can tolerate sitting in the living room. Maybe that's what it was. Or maybe it was because they made a fun movie. Hey, you know one thing we haven't talked about at all? Maybe we should address? Just briefly. We didn't talk about Edgar Wright at all. And and that was... I was watching this movie trying to figure out what was it about what we got in this final product that Edgar Wright didn't want to do. And I, I didn't see anything that really, you know cause any uh red flags to come up and yeah i don't know what kind of movie he wanted to do so if he was trying to do maybe that uh the irredeemable ant-man which i did not want to see happen although i would have still gone to see it but um maybe that maybe that's what it was but bottom line man i enjoyed this movie i liked it so What's your bottom line there, Daniel? I thought it was a professionally made movie with actors who got paid. No, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. But it again, it just wasn't. It's not my top half of the MCU. Pretty high bar now. Pretty high bar. <laughs> I don't know where I would rank this. I don't know where I would rank this. You know where I'd always rank it, Agent Evan? I'd always rank it above Amazing Spider-Man 2. (laughs) Always. Here's the thing. Do you remember Guardians of the Galaxy I was originally kind of sour on? Do you remember that? Yeah, and then I've watched it like three times since then. Were you sour on that too? (sighs) There's things I didn't like. I still don't like hands holding hands. Friends holding hands. I mean... At a certain right. point, it's like, here it comes. They're going to hold hands right, and resolve right. the action. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know if you agree with me or not, Daniel. And and honestly, I I don't care if you agree yeah, with me or not. Care. You know why, Daniel? You know why? Because you're a grown man who likes superhero movies? No. Look, man, I've got a master's in electrical engineering, all right? I'll be fine. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 you can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember, the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is the light fantastic by JS Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the noodle mix network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. 
learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening. And remember, welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast. It's a magical place. So do I get to eat my red fish now? No. We're doing post credit. They're not Swedish fish. They're generic red fish, and no, I like them more than Swedish fish. Don't eat while you're recording. They're chewy, too, so my teeth get jammed together. Exactly. And I can't I enunciate. Yeah. The other the other quote I was looking at do, using was, he's so ugly. I love him. And it was going to be about my wife's reaction to me. How she. Hey, we all get me. that, man. We all get that. Sometimes I wonder. We married up, dude. Uh, it wouldn't have been hard. <laughs> wouldn't have been hard for me. I'm not putting you down here. Good old Mrs. Butcher, me and her. We we spent a lot of days together <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> Sitting out on some heat. So let's talk about the these these trailers. All right. And, and we're going to talk briefly about a couple of them. And then in depth about one. Um, was the Fantastic Four, is that considered a San Diego Comic-Con trailer? I don't know. Well, it's looking better. My, my expectations are still low, but it's looking better for me. Then you had Suicide Squad, which I just think... Okay, I still just can't get past that guy, that, that Divergent. I have a young adult in my house, Divergent. That guy, I hate that guy. I just don't like that guy. Well, you just The guy playing Reed Richards, me and him, we don't get along. Yeah, well, you just have all. to figure it out, man. Just going to have to work it out, hug it out, figure it out. I'm going to have to go see it, but okay. Suicide squad, suicide squad. I just think it's such an odd way for DC to expand their cinematic universe. It just feels so weird that that's where they're going next. I mean, Batman but Superman suicide, is first, right? But suicide squad when done, right? Yeah. I think Batman Superman's first because yeah. Batman is in suicide squad. It is, yeah. Suicide Squad, when done right, is the dirty dozen with superheroes. Or supervillains. But I, that, I'm not worried about that. I think it'd make a great movie. I just think it's so weird that they're using that to be like the third installment in their expanding of their universe. It just is an odd, odd choice but to me. But it doesn't bring in a lot of characters quick. It does. A lot of villain Big characters. Infl- influx. I think a lot of it has to do with this incarnation with Harley Quinn. I think they want to get Harley Quinn out there. I think she may be their strong female villain slash superhero of the future. But here's my thing. Okay, do you remember when they put that Joker picture out? Yeah. It was covered in tattoos and there was that huge reaction. And then DC came back and said, no, no, no. That's That was just a picture we put together. I'm pretty sure the Joker in this trailer had tattoos. Lots of them. Which again, I, whatever, do whatever. But what I don't like is that. Oh, that was that was nothing. That was just something we put out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that's going to be your interpretation of the Joker, let that be your interpretation of the Joker. The interpretation of a villain I want to see in this movie is Deadshot. Well, I really like Deadshot. My thing with Joker is, and this Suicide Squad trailer, I guess they put it out there for San Diego Comic Con to see it, but they didn't want anyone else to see it, and so. You know, they, they said, oh, it got leaked. And so we have problems with this and people shouldn't have done that. Um, that was a really poor choice for how they're going to introduce Joker to us through trailers. It just doesn't work for me. It's just kind of kind of stupid. I don't know. 
I'm not excited about Suicide Squad. I'll go and see it. I'm I'm curious about how Batman fits into it, and I'm curious if they're able to pull off. Because if I if I want to see a Suicide Squad movie, I'm more excited about seeing one that's not in continuity and that has you know more obscure characters. Well, and I would be more interested in more obscure characters just because I'm more interested in the Ostrander version of Suicide Squad than I am the current New Fifty Two version, which is where Harley is from. You know, and but I will say some of the best Harley I've read has been in Suicide Squad, where she's been able to play off Deadshot. Okay. They had the uh, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Trailer. Are you excited, Ben? Not any more excited than I already was. I mean, I'm I'm going to see the movie. I like Superman. I like Batman. Ready to go see it? But this trailer you're didn't, totally riveted now, aren't you? This trailer didn't do much for me. Yeah. Other than to say, hey, don't forget that movie's coming. And you like Batman and Superman. But I if if I had to choose between Batman versus Superman or Iron Man versus uh Captain America, I'm more excited about the second. Sad to say. I'm not sad to say that. I'm with you. No, I'm not either, because it's gonna be awesome. It is going to be awesome. They both could be awesome, but I'm yeah, just not well, as excited about the one. Uh Superman, Batman, you know, bring it on. Aquaman's in there too. That's cool. It's good. Good, good, good. Uh, what else was there? The Star Wars behind the scenes thing that was really cool. Watch. That was really cool. Showed you know mm-hmm. practical effects that they were using, some puppets and um, couple scenes. You know, not really much anything new, but um, just showing. Hey, we're 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 tying back into that original trilogy by doing it on film. We're using people in suits and they actually have like a, a lady who's is one of the droids and she's like, I'm bringing this droid to life. And Simon Pegg's excited because he's in a star Wars movie. And you know, I think I actually saw part of that. You may have, if not all of it. Yeah. It was about three minutes long. I think I called my son in, watched it then called my daughters in, watched it. And that got me really excited actually, but that's much sooner. That's much. And then they probably asked you, hey, dad, can you just show us how Jurassic World should have ended? No. Is there a how how Jurassic World should have ended? Yes. I haven't seen it. I need to look at it. You need to find it. Yeah. yeah. It would have resolved a lot quicker. (laughs) Uh, How Jurassic World should have ended. You mean if they would have just had an actual uh, evacuation plan? Yeah. No, that's again, you need to they, they have a moment that makes a very, very good point after the uh, the dome got broken. Very, very good point. Well, yeah, Jurassic World could have been completely avoided if before the movie started, they'd actually put safeguards in place for the worst case scenario. But I, but I think there were some safeguards in place well, that they even mentioned. They you really got to watch that video, well. man. I will watch I will. the video. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's it. That's our San Diego Comic Con trailers. So thanks, Daniel. No, there's another, one more. Another episode. There's 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 another one about a lot of emotional depth about a former soldier stricken with cancer who goes to incredible lengths. To be with those that he loves. Hmm. So you think that's the story? Filled with telling. heart. 
filled with heart and emotion. So you think that's the story they're telling? I think you that think that, watching see, the, the trailer, you and I look at that trailer. Watching the trailer for Deadpool, YouTube. you're seeing that story so playing out. So what you out. see, so here, here's what Benny, this no, is what No, 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 you sees. don't speak for me. No, what you? you see is two things, a sexual oriented joke and brains. That's what you saw. Nope, that is not what, what I, I saw. Was a touching love story of a man. How could you possibly have seen that in that trailer? How it's could you all possibly? Right how could you possibly have seen that in that trailer, dude? He's there with the doctor, uh huh. And even uh, you know, and she's holding his hand. You know, he just wants to have more time. And then when he's talking to Weasel, he's like, you know, no, Daniel, help those that I love. Here's what I, I saw. Them. Here's what I saw. I saw a song start. And a groove going. I thought, oh, this is kind of fun. This is kind of, I I could go with this. And then, you know, he does a fight scene in time to the music. I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. And then you know what I saw? I saw not another superhero movie. I saw scary movie. I saw those parody movies happening in continuity with Daredevil. I saw him talking about the music of the movie. Breaking the fourth wall, but not doing so very cleverly. I did see a lot of sexual jokes. Not just one. Thinking, okay, well, this is not not my thing here. But And then Dude, I, I'm hearing Daniel say, oh, this is deep. This is so rich and deep and so it beautiful is. and touching. And I'm like, what? It goes back to the, the classic stories. You're bringing in copycat. You're bringing in... Why? See, here's the problem. When Deadpool's done wrong, when he's done wrong, he is just sex jokes and shooting. But when he's done right, it's filled with depth. And, and you emotion. are saying that from that trailer. And, and it's going to be there. You're saying it's, that it's, it's there in that trailer. I do not see it. Character I growth. I do not see it. I the, see The hero's <laughs> journey will come alive on the screen. I feel like I understand Deadpool and what that movie is going to be from that trailer. It's going to be a lot of jokes that fall flat for me, but not for everyone because this isn't being made for me. I understand that, but I feel like I'm going to be watching a movie that is making fun of superhero movies by having a character who can break the fourth wall and point out the ridiculousness of superhero movies. What does that equal? That equals not another teen movie. That equals not another superhero movie. That equals epic movie. That equals scary movie. That equals I I still know what you'll always do next summer movies. I I shot you. I I messaged you a panel from a recent Deadpool comic I read. You did. And what she said, to not quote him exactly, I know you laugh at me. To cover your own pain. But not everybody's laughing. Dude, I understand. You're in the court of not everyone's laughing. No, no, no. What they say... He was talking about you. He was breaking through the fourth wall right there. It was Doctor Strange saying, I know you joke to cover up your pain, but you don't have to make all of us joke with you or something like that. The panel that was about me was where someone's talking to someone else and he says... Uh, don't read Deadpool. It's not for kids. 
<laughs> and then Agent Snook it, changes it to uh, don't read Deadpool. It's not for Ben. No, that's not even. So what that is is that is Captain America. Steve Rogers talking to Nova. And Nova is basically getting his Avengers card. And that's what he says is like, don't talk to Deadpool. He's not for kids. Yeah. No, I would be willing to go with it if it was a slightly raunchy superhero movie that's funny. Uh, but where it's going... With, with depth, which is what's going to happen. No, I'd be willing to go with it if it didn't even have depth. But I do not I do not have much hope for any depth in this movie. So this is where they could pleasantly surprise me. Because if there is some depth, like you're talking about, then I will uncross my arms. And I might even smile a little bit. But... Yeah. All I know is Ryan Reynolds wants to make this movie right because Deadpool's been done so bad. And Ryan Reynolds has done so well in the past with all of his No, movies. he hasn't. All of his he movies are exactly, movie you know. He needs this movie to work. And you have to admit, Deadpool won Comic-Con. I don't know about that. I don't know who won Comic-Con. I know Star Wars won Comic-Con. Nah, I still think Deadpool no, won. I mean, no. they were <laughs> being interviewed. They were interviewing casts of other movies, and they were like, I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the Deadpool trailer. No. Star Wars won Comic-Con. You, you saw what they did. You saw what they did. They, they, they pulled everyone out of Hall H, walked them down the street, and put on a concert for them, and gave them free lightsabers. Yeah, but I wasn't there, so I didn't get a free concert. I'm just or saying. Or a lightsaber. That wins in my book. Mm, that no. wins in my book. But I wasn't there. That didn't impact me. We'll see. If they can do with their, with Deadpool what you're saying they could do with Deadpool, then I am with you. I will be a few steps behind you. But, Daniel, this trailer, that's not that. That's not that. Well, and let's be honest. That trailer was made for the people in the room. You can apologize in that way if you want. You can you can make you know be the apologist, I should say, and, and say that you know that the the trailer was not for people who were not in you. the hall. You know, but it's stuff from the movie. So, okay, just saying. We'll see what happens. I probably will like Ant Man better. Duh. No, you won't. All right. Yep. Well. All right. Well, I'm going to go pass out now. And I am going to turn on. I'm just some saying, fans. if you're in the sun a lot, drink a lot of liquids. Yeah. And I'm going to turn on some fans because this house is super duper hot. So, suffering for my craft, my friend. Suffering. Suffering for, your craft. for my craft. All right. Later, man. Later. Peace out. Later. Bye.